Welcome to, to Sort of Off Topic. Oh my god, this is the episode where I'm not telling a story, I'm telling you about what I discovered. <laughs> New thing I'm interested in. Yeah, we're going to talk to you about something that's sort of um, sort off, of off topic. topic from what our podcast is usually about. Uh, if you haven't listened to our podcast before this, welcome! Our other podcast is sort of the story where we tell stories, sort of. Yeah, kind of, you know what, it's all kind of just sort of professional, sort of, you know, loosey-goosey. <laughs> Max. Yeah. Today. What's up? I've been waiting to tell you about this for a long time. Mm-hmm. The story of, not the story, several stories about how cats have won and lost wars. With whom? I'm so excited to tell you. Oh my god. Uh, there's a huge trigger beforehand. Some of the story is very fun, but some of it has extreme animal abuse, so... Okay. Did you know that there was an ostrich war in, or no, an emu war in Australia? Yes. And the emus won? Yes. <laughs> against people. Yeah, against human beings. Australian humans. <laughs> yeah, don't fuck with emus. Okay. okay. I didn't look that up. That's not part of this podcast, but. <laughs> I've definitely seen a, but that's also how this podcast goes, so. It's yeah, fine. there you go. Sort of. Okay, so I'm going to begin at the very beginning. Wow. Fuck. What a smart place to begin. I know. It's a very smart place to start. With the Egyptians. When cats were worshipped and feared. Mm -hmm. The ancient Egyptians worshipped life, as it was believed the gods had given life to all things. Now, they weren't at all entirely vegetarian, and the royals did hunt sometimes. But they were mainly vegetarian or pescatarian, and they always gave thanks for the animal sacrifice when they did hunt, and they thoroughly cared for their pets, like, more so than any other civilization at any time in history. Except for now. I think even more so than we do. I don't know, because sometimes I don't get out of bed because my cat, Pepper, wants to be sitting on me, so I just don't Well, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you this. Uh-huh. As a society in, like ancient Egypt. And I realize as I say ancient Egypt, this spans like a long period and also several, probably several periods. But in ancient Egypt, cats were considered sacred. And if your house was burning down and you saved your family and yourself and you didn't save the cat, you could be executed. Hmm. Your kid was supposed to die before your cat was supposed to die. Um, here's an idea. What if the kid picks up the cat? What if your kid's a baby? You have to, like, just fucking grab both. You better yeah. hope you have two working arms, you okay. son of a bitch. Either the kid is carrying the cat, or if the kid is too small to carry a cat, then the cat has the baby on their back. The cat has to carry the kid. Yeah. I don't think that they would like that either, making the cat work. No. That's anyway, work. They, they cared for their pets more than we did. <laughs> I mm -hmm. locked our pets all up in separate rooms. They're in there just crying. Uh, heads up, we have a sticker outside of our house that is uh, informs people oh, with fire rescue how many animals are inside the house, and you can get them for super cheap, and it's a good idea, because a lot of times fire rescue doesn't know how many animals to look for, and people can get hurt, and also animals can get hurt, so if it's you a really good idea. think of that, then you should do that. <laughs> yes. Speaking so, of cats and fires. <laughs> <laughs> we know about all of this because of ancient Egyptian art, artifacts, tombs, and writings, and it was epitomized especially by the Battle of Pelusium in 5 35 BCE. A real battle palooza. <laughs> I, wonder if that, I wonder if that's where that comes from. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> okay, so the Persian king Cambyses II went to war against the Egyptian pharaoh Samatik III, resulting in the first Persian conquest of Egypt. Many believe that Cambyses won this conquest 
because he was older and he was better at war than Pharaoh Samatik, who was pretty young. But in reality, Cambyses just understood Egyptian culture and how to exploit it. Mm. In particular, he knew that cats were associated with the goddess Bastet, and they were popular and beloved pets. Bastet is the goddess of the home, domesticity, women's secrets, <laughs> cats, fertility, and childbirth. And also women's secret cats. And also women's secret cats that her husbands don't know about. (laughs) Don't worry about it. I think we have a second cat that looks like the first cat. I just keep seeing him twice, and it just doesn't make sense. (laughs) She protected a household from evil spirits and disease, especially diseases affecting women and children, and she also played a role in one's afterlife. So Bastet was pretty fucking important. Killing a cat was punishable by death at one point. Uh, And again, if a house was on fire, the inhabitants would save the cat before saving themselves. I'm just going to say, I think that it should be illegal to kill a cat. I, uh, yeah, we should still have that. <laughs> That's not a crazy law, and I agree with you. You should be put to death if you try to kill your cat. Yeah, 100%. When, when cats died naturally, the household would shave their eyebrows as a sign of grief, which we will be doing when Pepper dies. <laughs> and they would mummify the cats with jewelry as they would a person, which we will be doing when Pepper dies. <laughs> not any of the other ones. Fig. We will be burying Fig with that one ratty pillow <laughs> she loves. No, no, no. I will be buried alive with her. <laughs> <laughs> you better I... dig a second hole so <laughs> I can go down with her. <laughs> She's my baby and I love her more than life. So, <laughs> Dogs were also associated with the god Osiris. And so they were also very well cared for. But a bunch of other animals have been found mummified in a position of honor as well, including gazelles, baboons, birds, and even fish. I thought I heard a story. This might be something that I totally made up, but I thought I heard a story of someone finding a mummified turtle. I guarantee you that's true. They did that all the time. They they considered their pets a part of their family, which is very sweet. Good. Knowing this about the Egyptians, Cambyses II painted Bastet on all of his soldiers' shields. And according to... (laughs) These fucking... Polyanus. Polyanus? Polyanus, maybe? (laughs) Polyanus. Polyanus from Jersey Shore. <laughs> According to Polyanus Seventh, quote, ranged before his front line, dogs, sheep, cats, ibises, and whatever other animals the Egyptians hold dear. Seeing cats in particular running out in front of this fucking, like, huge line of soldiers, they just, like, released a bunch of wild animals <laughs> that started charging at the Egyptians, and all of their fucking shields had Bastet painted on them and shit. The Egyptians threw down their weapons, the entire fucking army, and they just ran instead of possibly accidentally hurting the animals. Good. Uh, also, I would love to be at that, like, Mod Podge party where they all painted cats <laughs> on their shields. That's so cute. <laughs> Mine's a calico. <laughs> Mine has a little bow. Uh, <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> She's very pretty and fancy. <laughs> Mine only has one eye, but she has the personality of a cat with four eyes. <laughs> Mine's name is Gravy Boat. <laughs> Ask me why. <laughs> Okay, so when the Romans conquered Egypt and saw how useful cats were at killing robot, like robots, <laughs> <laughs> cats versus robots. <laughs> I'm having a hard time. When the Romans conquered Egypt later and saw how useful cats were at killing rodents and vermin, they brought them back to Europe, and so they were independent and annoyingly aloof, but. They kept the rats away, and everyone was pretty pleased about that, and thus we started our complicated relationship with cats in the West. (laughs) (laughs) My family went to Bermuda six, seven years ago, 
And we were staying at this resort and there were all these stray cats roaming around. And we were like, that's really weird that they like just have all these stray cats here. And it's because a lot of places in Bermuda are infested with cockroaches just because of the climate and everything like that. And cats will kill and eat cockroaches. So the resort had like a fleet of cockroach <laughs> catching cats that they just like put out food for and basically kept on staff. Amazing. Uh, I made friends with one of the little cockroach cats because usually nobody pays attention to the cats. They're just kind of like part of the scenery a little bit. And I paid attention to this one little cockroach cat and uh, just like played with her for a little while. And then she sat outside of our hotel room crying the rest of the night and it broke my heart directly <laughs> half i spent like the next two days googling like how do i bring a cat to the united states <laughs> it's hard but the answer is it's real hard <laughs> how do i bring a cat to the united states and also it has to be on a plane because i already have tickets and i'm here with my family and also it has to be able to come into my apartment where i'm not allowed to have pets how do i do it <laughs> okay so we've we're leaving egypt now we're leaving rome kind of to the next section i have titled the pope declares a war on cats <laughs> Which is the main reason why I wanted to tell you the story. It started with the Pope declaring a war on cats. Love it. On June 13th, 1233, Pope Gregory IX issued a papal bull called the Vox in Rama that declared a war. A war on cats. <laughs> in the Vox in Rama, <laughs> Vox in Raman. The Vox in Rama. The Vox in Rama. <laughs> From and the, the Battle Blues. <laughs> in the Vox in Rama, the Pope linked cats to Satanism and witchcraft. He appointed a man named Conrad von Marburg, a well-known and infamous papal inquisitor who had already gained a really bad reputation for being unreasonable and unjust. Out of all the inquisitors, he was considered unreasonable and unjust. Wow. This guy was fucking horrifying. Pope Gregory IX gave von Marburg permission to ignore standard church procedure at will to hunt down heretics and force them to confess and denounce others and or be burned at the stake. So this guy was like also basically just told like shoot at will. Yeah, just a carte <laughs> you blanche get for doing murder. whatever you want to do. Apparently, though, these confessions under extreme torture are through them, von Marburg uncovered what he believed to be a huge satanic cult with a very strange ritual. According to his victims, anyone wanting to join the cult would meet a frog or a toad. Either. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Maybe a frog and a toad. <laughs> they would either kiss the frog on its mouth or its ass. <laughs> Do this they get is, to choose? <laughs> this is important to note. Sometimes it's a normal frog, but other times it's as large as an oven. <laughs> After they kissed the frog, <laughs> a thin man with black eyes would appear before them, and they would kiss him a little too. <laughs> and then the frog and the man would kiss, and then, you know, just whatever happens, just happens. Go around, you know, we don't like to, like, structure things here. <laughs> uh, we have so many rules <laughs> in everyday life. At this point, quote, after the kiss, the memory of the Catholic faith totally disappears from his heart. Mm. After they kiss the man, who then kisses the frog, and they go around kissing a bit, they all sit down to have a nice meal. And then when they get up, a black cat walks towards them with its tail erect. Mm, not a good enough excuse to use the word erect. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, first the novice and then the master, and then each one of the order who are worthy and perfect, kiss the cat's butt. <laughs> no! Oh no! <laughs> then they return to their seats, chant something or other, they nod their heads at the cat, and the cat nods back. And then the master says, forgive us! And the one next to him repeats that, forgive us! And then a third one responds, we know, master! <laughs> and then a fourth acolyte says, and we must obey. And then bing, bang, boom, you're in a cult. <laughs> 
<laughs> Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. I've been to a lot of uh, cult weird leaders. dinner parties that I'm now realizing <laughs> were cult initiations. How many dinner parties did made you kiss a cat's butt? Mm, All of them. More than you would think. <laughs> <laughs> this is a huge trigger warning for animal abuse. We're getting out of the fun part, and I am so sorry. After hearing this, Gregory the Ninth peed his pants a little and then told everyone that cats were agents of Satan. Somehow he didn't pick frogs <laughs> or like men with frogs black eyes. Frogs are fine. Uh, also, skinny men are fine. He's like, kiss all the men you want, but that fucking cat. <laughs> Believers began hunting and killing cats with glee. They were so excited to get to murder cats now. They were soon after associated with witches, and it was rumored that when a witch was burned at the stake, black cats would jump out from the flames. So many cats were killed, in fact, that some people believed this caused, or at the very least didn't help stop, the Black Plague. From 1346 to 1352, an estimated 25 million people died from the plague. They didn't know then how it spread, but we know now that the main bubonic strain of the plague was spread by flea-ridden rats. And so by killing all the cats, it's thought that they basically ensured rats would be able to breed wildly. Uh, And after people stopped killing so many cats, the rat population started to die down, like, of course. And then the plague started to dissipate. It also helped that they were using huge quarantine measures, (laughs) you know? And it's important to note that there are many who don't believe this at all, but I'm just trying to tell an upsetting story about cats, so, like, get off my fucking nuts. (laughs) Okay, so here's a quick picture that I really like. Oh, my God. This is called Death Strangles a Plague Victim. Oh, boy. This is how they thought they died. And uh, you want to describe it? I sure do. So there's a gentleman laying in bed with an expression of utmost peace uh, bordering on delight. And he's got weird nipples and he's got his arms crossed across his chest. And then there is a very tall and skinny, pale man who is making a grimacing face, like the emoji that's like, oh, and strangling him to death. Yeah, it's pretty good. (laughs) It's one of my favorite paintings (laughs) from the medieval period. I think it's very fun. He does look really happy to be being strangled. He's naked in bed and his arms are crossed as if to say, I don't care. (laughs) This is what I wanted, actually. I actually wanted this. Thank you. You're giving me what I wanted. (laughs) So some further injustice. This is the worst one. Prepare yourself. Real quick. Mm -hmm. I also, I took a course, like just a single session online course on uh, the history of beer and how it relates to perceptions of witches. Mm -hmm. Um, And in Western Europe, women started becoming brewers of beer. And a lot of times it was something that they could make enough money to live on that they wouldn't have to marry. And they would like go, they either had like a broomstick hanging outside of their house to indicate like, hey, I have fresh beer here. If you're coming into town and you want a drink, you can stop here. They would also go around like markets wearing a very tall pointed hat so that people would be able to find them because they were shorter than most of the men. Mm -hmm. So they would be able to like find the the beer women brewers and buy beer from them and they also oftentimes kept cats to keep mice and rats out of the place where like the um the hops were the hops and the wheat <coughs> and everything would be kept uh so that's a lot of where we get our modern day image of a witch wearing a tall pointed hat and having a broomstick and a black cat and a little cat familiar and it's all <coughs> from beer <laughs> yeah it's from getting wasted <laughs> from brewskis with the boys yeah for the boys oh also and then the either the catholic church or the government of england outlawed women making beer because it was meaning that they didn't have to marry men and so that was also where it was like propaganda of being like if you see a woman like this she's a witch (laughs) yeah and then men took over the brewery practices and soon said that no this is a man thing men have always done this (laughs) and it's absolutely not true (laughs) 
trying to get me started on IPAs. <laughs> so, further injustices. What do you call it? Trigger warning. Mm-hmm. At the coronation of Elizabeth I, I'm, <laughs> she's in my mind lately, in January 1559, an effigy of the Pope was stuffed full of live cats, set on fire, and then paraded through the streets. Jesus. People cheered, claiming and believing the sounds that the cats were making were, quote, the devils inhabiting the Pope's body. Uh. Mm-hmm. There were entire parties and festivals all throughout France dedicated to the murder of cats, and their completely unearned reputations have persisted to this very day. Though, of course, most of us treat them very differently. People still have this huge prejudice towards black cats. And even in the United States, around Halloween, bring your fucking black, all of your cats inside, but especially your black cats. People still fucking murder cats. And this is all because of Gregory the Ninth and Conrad von Marburg. Hmm. So, yikes. Yeah. Uh, The Tudor era in general was particularly weird about cats because while they did do messed up things like burn them alive and call them the devil, and this happened all the time, it wasn't just Queen Elizabeth I's effigy burning, they did this all the time. They also believed them to be like quite lucky (laughs) in a lot of (laughs) respects. So they really were like, they did not know how to feel about cats. The dead bodies of cats, along with a dead rat sometimes, were built into the walls of new homes during the Tudor era. So you can see this photo here. Mummified cats found in the walls of Tudor homes. Hmm. Kind of weird. But they did that because they were like, this is going to keep mice out of our homes. Like, it was like a superstition. Like a scarecrow. Yeah, we put them in the walls along with this little rat that's dead and that they're chasing. And so all the rats know, oh, we don't want to be here. (laughs) Cats are going to get us. Oh, no. Uh, They actually found this one when they, I think, tore down one of the homes. They Mm -hmm. found their cats in the walls. And so one last story that I think is a lot better. Sir Henry Wyatt lived during the reign of Richard III, who is quite infamous in his own special ways. He had attended Eton with Henry Tudor and was therefore really sympathetic to the Tudor cause, which made Richard III suspicious of him. So Henry was then locked up in the Tower of London, where he gradually began to starve to death. Because nobody was feeding him. Mm -hmm. However, there was a jailhouse cat who took a liking to him. She would come into the dungeon and cuddle up with him. And he would spend a long time petting her and being really nice and being really grateful that there was something nice and soft in this dungeon with him. And I'm also sure that everyone else probably treated this cat like shit. Mm -hmm. So, like, she loved him. And so every day, she would bring him a pigeon. And that kept him alive. And so after his release, and this is according to kentonline.co.uk, Sir Henry would, (laughs) quote, would ever make much of cats, as other men will of their spaniels or hounds, and perhaps you will never find a picture of him anywhere but with a cat beside him. (laughs) So I'll show you his his portrait. Aw. There's Henry Wyatt. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this cat, to be fair, does look like the devil. That cat does. It's a cat with a human face. You know the ones. Yeah. Do you want to describe it real quick? Yeah, I'm looking at a elderly gentleman uh wearing a very heavy black um like overcoat and a black hat and then next to him is a oh, what are they called um tabby as a tabby cat with an angry human-ish face uh across from him and they're staring in cross directions and it's and the cat is dragging like is haunting him yeah the cat is dragging a pigeon in through the bars oh i didn't even see with that its paw. <laughs> oh my god yeah But, um, yeah, that's kind of the complicated (laughs) history of cats. But if you want to know why cats were painted as so unlucky, we can track it back to one terrible pope. Wow. And the story that people told them about them kissing cats' buttholes and how that somehow is the cat's problem. That, yeah, that doesn't seem like the cat's problem whatsoever. 
I, I really like this picture because it kind of reminds me of those pictures of Ernest Hemingway with his island full of cats. Yeah. Uh, he just collected kittens uh, mm-hmm. and was like, all people leave me alone. I only want to be around cats. So there are a bunch Same. of pictures of old, old Ernest Hemingway with a, like just holding an arm full of kittens. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Wow. wow. That was sort of off topic, but a very fun little research project. What a perfect episode. All right. I hated it. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody had a good time with that, it, but it's, it's fine. Guys, uh, go to Instagram and tell Max what you really think. <laughs> <laughs> um, and please rate and review this podcast and let us know if there's any other. You can go on to our Instagram, our TikTok, our Discord, our Twitter everything our email sort of the story at gmail.com and let us know if you have a topic that you love that you would you think we would like to read and possibly do as an off topic might be fun could be fun could be nice could be fun could be nice and we'll see you guys later (laughs) Woo, woo! bye bye do a quick test um what is four times eight plus seven uh 39 yeah hell yeah (laughs)